Good morning, self-lovers. Welcome back to the self-love show. I am your co-host, Dawn Light, and my beautiful sister here, Trish Wright, is my co-host as well. And, you know, if in case you're new to the show, welcome. And for those that are, you know, our regular viewers, we're so appreciative of you. And we have an amazing guest today. And also, just in case you don't know, we are existing on all the platforms. So please go like, share, and subscribe. Go check out the YouTube channel, Facebook, all the places we exist, all the podcast platforms. It's so helpful because honestly, self-love is so important and who doesn't want more of it in our life and more benefit of having deeper, richer, fulfilling relationships. So that's the goal here in the self-love show is to benefit everyone's life to have greater capacity to unconditional love because it's a wellspring inside your heart and your relationship with spirit. So without further ado, we have an amazing guest today. She is my soul sister. We've been friends for so long in our life. And I mean, 20 plus years at this Mm -hmm. point. And I just, this woman has changed my life hands down and I'm so grateful to have her on the show. So Gemini Fairy Rose Gold, welcome. And I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to read your bio really quickly to kind of introduce the show. So Gemini believes that most important skill in life is to know how to love and be there for ourselves through everything in life. This risk requires staying present with ourselves when it's most uncomfortable, challenging and painful because most of us weren't taught how to be consistent source of love and support for ourselves. Most of us tend to abandon ship when difficult emotions and situations come up. We may try to run away from our experience by glossing over our emotions or use positivity to minimize what's present for us. We may try to numb through food, sex, shopping, TV, drugs, or variety of other things. We're just trying to feel better. And that's all we've got. There's nothing wrong with this or with us. Our intention is good. It's our methods that don't work because they just cover up the issue momentarily which makes the unpleasant emotion worse. The more we try to resist it, the way is always through. The real issue is that we're missing some key skills to care for ourselves emotionally when we may feel unsafe, unsure, scared, or uncertain. What if you learn to use challenging moments to access the loving, support, safety, and certainty you most need? What if there was nothing left to run away from inside? Beautiful. So Gemini Fairy is a love and self-love coach who helps women access their own magnificent source of love within, guiding them to claim their beauty, power, and worth so they become the love they seek and attract it. Gemini's own journey of healing from early childhood trauma led her to discover her spiritual gifts and become an ongoing source of love and healing for herself, which grew into a passion to support other women in becoming their number one love as well. She's a graduate of the Spiritual Psychology Master's Program at the University of Santa Monica and was trained in RTT hypnotherapy by Marissa Peer in 2018. She lives with her husband and her two cats in Joshua Tree. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a pleasure to be present here sharing this space with you ladies. Yes. 
Mm. Hi, I'm so excited to have you on since there's just like, I've heard so much about you. <laughs> Sweet things. Um, I'd love to hear sort of the biggest breakdown around around how maybe, yeah, how, how people don't love themselves. What's the, what do you find the, the core of it is? Mm-hmm. Well, the core of it I, I see is that I mean, we're not taught to be in right, loving, healthy, connected relationship with ourselves. At home, we're not taught that in school growing up. We're definitely not taught that in university. So there's really no place for us um, to go and be educated in the most important relationship of our lives. And so, you know, we grow up, we turn 18, we leave the house, we start a life, we start, you know, we date, we do all these grown up things, but from a place of just not having developed the kind of relationship with ourselves that is required to have a healthy, loving relationship with other people. And so we run into all kinds of issues, you know, from the the drama triangle where, you know, we get into victim blame or, you know, things like that. And so um, I would say that, you know, that really the crux of it starts here with us and really everything begins and ends with us. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm so dedicated to teaching people about this really core skill of, you know, really loving themselves, because when you really love yourself, life works. And it doesn't mean that issues don't come up, that learning and growing opportunities don't come up. They will always come up. It's life. However, how we move through those is from that connected place inside. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Our, our culture, society, world kind of belief structures really do teach us to not love ourselves. Like there's there's a very codependent um, sort of structure that's in place. It's like love is sacrifice. So we sacrifice ourselves for love. And, Mm. And there are times when you must do that, especially if you have children. And there's also better relationships when you can find the beauty in, in your ickiest darkest parts and I think that I think it's like incredibly crucial especially at early age to teach to teach children this and there's Mm -hmm. there's a big difference I just want to say there's a big difference between arrogance and this true confidence right the Mm -hmm. arrogance comes from this egoic part that is striving to not be like to meet a need out of some insecurity where the confidence piece really comes from a place of inner knowing that I'm weird. <laughs> this is not hurting anyone. And I got this, you know, like I'm just going to find people who think that I'm cool. You know, like confidence comes from knowing your inner self is worthy of loving. Very much. Because you're giving it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're touching on the word worthy, right? There's so much um, issues are founded in a consciousness of believing that we're unworthy, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, and that's what sets up the whole structure of all these patterning that show up in our life where we overgive, overextend, build resentment, um, you know, or not, are not have the capacity to show up for ourselves when we're triggered, you know, and I loved that you mentioned in the, in, in your wording around, you know, um, people checking out or numbing through, 
you know, food, sex, TV, like all these, mm-hmm. all these things. Right. And um, it's so true. It's like, it's the go-to for people a lot of time when it's too much, when I, I it's too much to feel. I yes. can't feel it, mm-hmm. you know, just too much. I, it, I'm overwhelmed by sensation and I don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. in, inwardly. And um, that's, you know, it, we're not taught, you know, and, and there's really foundational practices that one can do to re- come back to that and really check in. And actually it starts with just giving yourself permission to go, Oh my gosh, be curious. Like what's here, what's here for me. And then go actually explore it and, you know, grieve, cry, feel the feelings. Right. And I, you know, we, Gemini and, sh- and I share such a love of you. We're both USMers and mm. um, it's just, changed our lives hands down. And it, it teaches you to be with these parts, the parts that are aching for the love, aching for the, aching for the expression, aching for the understanding, whatever it is, it's a need. And so, yeah, t- tell us more about your, um, your understanding of like how it is to guide people in this way. And um, what do you, you know, what do you find here about, about this, you know, mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. someone's really <clears throat> aware, oh gosh, I am totally numbing. Now what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the number one concern and fear that I hear from women in the last 12 years, and these are really smart, accomplished women (laughs) who are doing amazing in their careers. And what they tell me is that they are afraid of really letting themselves feel what they're feeling, what's, you know, when it's uncomfortable, because they're scared that they're going to get swallowed up by their uncomfortable emotions, that they're going to, they're never going to be able to recover from them. And the emotion is just going to take over them and their life, and they're not going to be able to function. And so they're just trying to like function. They're trying to just like stay accomplished and productive. And they perceive their uncomfortable emotions as getting in the way of their values, right? To be a productive, you know, high accomplishing person. And so when they perceive their emotions against them, then that actually fuels this, this againstness where they feel like they have to fight back. They feel like they have to defend themselves from their own emotions. And when you're defending yourself from your own emotions, because you feel, you think that they're against you, that is the opposite of self-love. That's the opposite of love. It's againstness. And so, you know, really, um, it's really the biggest misunderstanding that that I hear from women. And so what I like to introduce women, there is absolutely nothing against you inside. Not possible, not possible at all. No matter what it is, no matter how uncomfortable, how difficult, no matter how how much the experience or the part of you feels like not matching who and what you want to be in, you know, in the world, every single part of you is just, you know, needing love and is an expression of love or a call to love it. Marianne Williamson talks about this, right? Like every expression she says is either an expression of love or a cry for love. And so that's how I like to see these different parts of us. When there's a discomfort, it's like, oh my God, there's a part of you that's hurting. And what do we need when we are hurting? Love. (laughs) right? We need love. And so um, that's where, you know, I teach women how to use 
their most uncomfortable emotions to actually deepen their connection to their own source of love within. So rather than abandoning ship and going against them and trying to numb, you know, in all these different ways, it's like lean, it's about leaning in and um, placing your hand where you feel the emotion to make contact with that part of you, leaning in and, and bringing love to that part of you. And I love what USM says, um, Ron and Mary, you know, from USM, the, the professors there say, you know, that healing is the application of love to the hearts that hurt inside. Healing is not judging yourself, criticizing yourself. You know, um, healing is not like numbing out, you know, watching too much TV, like dating too much, you know, like it's, it's trying to distract yourself. No, love is about being present, being present and connected and engaged, especially when we need ourselves the most. I know that you're you're sharing this because it's we're not taught to have emotions. Exactly. <laughs> a blanket of uh, a misidentification of stoicism, actually. That we're taught. It's like, oh, you have any sort of emotion other than happiness and you are bad wrong, whatever, whatever. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're not striving for that. Like <laughs> people will always ask me, are you striving? Are you you like you're, you're striving for happiness. And I'm like, actually, no, I'm not striving for happiness. I'm just striving to be with. Like, I love that. Purely that. And because I'm not going to make any emotion positive or negative. Like that's mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. When we're taught that we can't have emotions, then we, we, we make them wrong. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Other, other than that one list, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's actually unsustainable because mm-hmm. human beings, we have feelings, we've got pasts, we've got futures, we've got kids, we've got lovers, we've got all sorts of stuff going on. And we've got, we've got humans, human beingness. And when mm-hmm. we're taught to meet our emotions, to actually be with them, be like, Ooh, this is a big one. And to actually not, you said not abandon, you know, ship but not abandon yourself and also just to be like what is underneath this emotion what Mm. is telling me and to actually meet that part of yourself with such delightful like um, compassion and curiosity then Mm -hmm. it just sort of moves through rather quickly Mm -hmm. you don't get stuck in this overwhelming bit I mean don't get me wrong like a breakup or a death or like accidents or things like that, or they're big and there's going to be a lot of being with those things and a lot of being in the body to be mm-hmm. with. And yeah, it takes some time, but it'll still process significantly quicker. Yes. Yes. Integrated. Yeah. Yeah. I want to speak into what you said about, you know, right emotions and wrong emotions. And, you know, there's this, um, duality there's there's two realms of consciousness as i see it there's good bad right wrong and it's a very small world <laughs> there um because there's only two categories and if it's good then you're good and if it's bad whatever the experience or the thought or the emotion that you're having then that comes with self judgment self criticism being hard on oneself and all of that so you really only get you know that those two options now on the other you know outside of the the right, wrong, good, bad is 
everything else. <laughs> it's, it's where all the good stuff is. It's where love lives, where unconditional self-love lives, you know? And so when we, when we step outside of that good, bad, right, wrong model in terms of how we perceive ourselves, how we're in relationship with ourselves, how we think about ourselves, then we have the opportunity to really um, embrace ourselves. You know, um, I want to share one of the one of the most powerful decisions I have ever made in my life that I invite my clients to do is it's so simple, but it's so powerful. And that is, um, and I'm going to say it as a, as a decision rather than describing it. And I'm going to invite you ladies to make that decision right now. It, it, in case you have it, 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 if you have it, then you can make it again. But the decision is like this. You put your hand on your heart. I'm going to say it in full first, and then I'm going to have you follow after me. So you take a breath of love. You feel the power of your own being, of your own love, of your own dedication to honoring yourself. And um, and then I'll go first. I am making the decision to stay present with myself through everything in life, no matter what. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And so I want to invite you to make that decision and just share with me how that feels inside. And I want to invite whoever's watching now to also make that decision for yourself because it will change absolutely everything. So you ready? Mm -hmm. So you place your hand on your heart. You take a deep breath of love. And with all of your heart and soul... I am making the decision. I am stay, making mm -hmm. the decision to stay present with myself. To stay present with myself through everything in life. Through everything in life. No matter what. No matter what. And then you take a breath of love in. You just close your eyes for a moment and really feel the power of what you just said. So that means no checking out, no more self-abandoning, no more, oh, I don't like this. Oh, this is too uncomfortable. I can't handle this. Of course you can handle it. Of course you can stay present. Of course. You have the capacity. That was beautiful. I mean, immediately it sourced a place of feeling whole. Mm. And like the word wholeness came into my consciousness. And it, it really reminds me like a lot of the times what I remind myself when I go through a challenge or, uh, you know, I'm guiding my clients through a challenge is I will say to them a lot of times and to myself, I have all the inner resources necessary to handle this. And that that's a really key component or ingredient to add to what you're saying, because it's reminding you it's being present right here. I have all the inner resources. Mm hmm. Absolutely. You do. Yeah. And oh. you do too. And How was that? <laughs> yes. It can be terrifying to call someone in to be, to step up for themselves. Oh, I'm going to launch into a diatribe. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, so these, these ways that we're taught to be humans on this planet are just so fascinating to me. Like I just can like nerd out on this. 
So men generally are are taught to do this sort of thing. Like I'm never wrong. I'm in my, you know, I've got this, like this is easy. But women are taught to, to always refer out, to always give more, to always mm. give parts of themselves. And so for their children, for their husbands, for their family, for their community to give more and more and more until there's nothing left. And that that's where we're told that our worth is in our service. And so I'm, I'm generalizing as a, like a global community of what woman looks like. And, and I think that a lot of women still have that. I don't think that we still have that, but I think a lot of, a lot of people, men and women and everyone included, the whole world has these places there. And so to call someone in to stop abandoning themselves can often, I found, can often like shortwire people because then they were like, oh, who am I without that codependent piece? Totally. Who am I? Who am I if my, if, if this action of my love, which actually is mostly just a manipulation or a strategy to get your needs met that are, that sometimes might not be authentic, mm-hmm. right? Like, who am I without that? Am, am I, am I worthy or lovable? And so when we're, when I'm sitting here thinking about the, your, what you said, and I'm like, oh, it, it's just so good. You know, I'm, I'm going to be here with myself. I'm not going mm-hmm. to be myself mm-hmm. here because I can't, well, because no one else will save me. Definitely no, not. <laughs> I think Definitely. it's all inner work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, the like Disney culture bit around relationships is like, Oh, we need to be saved too. So when you're mm. women that you can be here, mm. it is an incredibly powerful place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> to, to other personality, identity, ego, their life, all of those things. Um, how does one not abandon themselves? Yep. And that's exactly the question that people ask, but how, <laughs> but how do I do that? <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> it's so, it's so unbelievably simple. It's mind blowing. Um, it's, it's not comfortable in the, in the first second because people have to get over that initial resistance, but ultimately, um, how to fulfill on that promise to yourself to stay present with yourself, no matter what, is I have um, what I call the the one, two, three, you know, emotional regulation exercise. Okay, so number one, do it with me. You put your hand where you feel the emotion, and if you're not having an intense emotion right now, just put your hand where on your heart or on your belly, whatever you'd like. Okay, so number one, you put your hand where you feel the emotion. So as soon as you feel an uncomfortable emotion rising, before you go into analyzing, trying to figure out why am I feeling this way? What am I feeling? Why? What? You know, just immediately second nature, just put your hand where you feel it. Number two is you take a breath of love into the feeling. And if you can't take a breath of love for whatever reason, because your mind has a story that does not let you, it's okay. You just take a breath in to what you're feeling. And then number three, you say to yourself, I'm right here. Say that to yourself right now. See how that feels. Yeah. And you watching too. I'm talking to you too. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, how does that feel for you to say, I'm right here? It, it feels great. Like I was literally just coaching a, a client of mine how, how to really repattern and work with this young one. Um, and I was just literally guiding him yesterday on this very, this very thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm right here with you mm-hmm. I'm right here as a nightly practice to tune yes. in bed, to call him forward and say, I'm right here with you. I mm-hmm. love you. I'm right here with you. I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, because the truth is, is it goes so much deeper just than the wild emotion trans coming up in our consciousness, it actually is a part of ourself that's been abandoned so long, mm-hmm. so long that it's an age stage or a, an imprint of something that occurred in your life. We'll just say the three-year-old, the, the three-year-old that never got attention or never got his need met. And there was a trauma attached to that. And then that kind of gets frozen in the psyche. And then later as an adult, what happens is we we age, we do all these things. And then all of a sudden that three-year-old just gets to a point where it's like, I am no longer willing to be in a cage inside. Mm-hmm. It starts rearing its, rearing its head. And then it shows up as a major self-abandonment or numbing TV pattern or uh, all kinds of things. Shopping. Intense emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. freaking out with people when people ask of ask you of something like I mean it can it can show up in all kinds of ways and they'll the person that's experiencing the pattern can often be so confused as to why it's arising and there's a complete disconnect and they don't realize that oh my gosh it's that time period in my life asking for love and so there's always a connection point to when there's a really big pattern showing up in your life, there's always an opportunity to follow it back and find out where it's, where it's at, what is going on? What what were your feelings? You know? And so I just want to bring that forward as an opportunity for our viewers, because that's the work. That's the inner work that comes Mm -hmm. along kneeling and being present with all our feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you said that because I was like, I was just going to say, well, how does it get there? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about the ways people abandon. Cause I think that sometimes that can be a really confusing place. Mm. Remember the, the line between, but I love to serve my family. Mm. Versus the, mm-hmm. Where where the authentic bit is, and where the where it's a where it's an actual bit or a bid for a strategy for safety for getting love, where where it becomes a manipulation. So mm. um, authentic. Where's the authentic giving versus the if I don't do this, they won't love me and I won't get what I need. Like, and I'd love to talk about self abandonment in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Really great question because I do talk to a lot of women who say the same thing. Well, but I just, I just love people. I just love helping. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm just trying to help. And it's like, well, yeah, there's definitely nothing wrong with self-abandoning. It just doesn't work. There's nothing wrong with overgiving. It just doesn't work. You know, so where the line is, you know, is, and then there's so many different examples that I can give, but essentially it's like, are we giving 
from our overflow or are we giving from our own cup? And, and I'll explain. So if um, you find yourself saying yes, when you really want to say no, you're not sure you're uncomfortable, but you feel obligated. So obligation is a big clue that um, a person is overgiving, overextending themselves, um, feeling obligated. Um, if they have a fear of what's going to happen to the connection, um, if they say no, the fear might be that the person might not love them anymore, might not approve of them anymore. And so that's where the the trying to prove oneself mm -hmm you know, is operating where it, like, I've got to do this so that this person can love me, accept me, see me as good, because if I don't, you know, show up, then they're going to think this and that of me. And, you know, there goes my reputation with that person. So it really becomes about upholding this reputation um, in others' eyes and trying to manage other people's perceptions of you with the actions that you're taking. And that's extremely exhausting because um, there's, you don't get a break, you know, you don't get a break. Um, you know, so, so there's that. And then also when somebody has either a minor or a, a high level of obsession with somebody else, with somebody else's behavior, actions, decisions in relationship to you, like fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, you know, fear of judgment and that type of thing. So it's like, a way of trying to make sure that we never feel the these fears of abandonment or rejection, you know, and 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 it, you know, there's a there's a sense of like I have to work for, I have to earn. And people don't really think this because of course they're wrapped up in the story of I'm just helping. But here's the thing, here's another um crux too, is are you attending to your needs and desires and interests are you how is your your the quality of your work how is the quality of your sleep you know how, you know are you continuing to do the things that really fill your being you know that your intellect and your heart and your you know all of your interests because oftentimes people that keep on saying yes 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 to others and are in a caretaking you know overgiving space they you see that their lives kind of tend to shrink and they do less and less of the things that they really want to do and they make justifications and excuses for themselves because being of service sounds so good doesn't it it just sounds so spiritual and good who could argue with that mm -hmm. oh oh and then it's like well if I don't help them you know then who's going to help them they need me you know <laughs> so there's a sense of like feeling needed being needed um feels good to the person and it's like a little bit of an addiction you know, feeling good by being there for others while you're not actually being there for yourself. And so if you find yourself, you know, abandoning even partially, you know, your routines, um, your like, you know, your work or other important areas of your life, you know, these are all things that one can look into and see, like, what are the underlying motivations here? Wow, what you're bringing forward is so important. And I, I can share a little bit about a, a client without revealing the name, but, um, so she, it, it's been such a big aha the last month or so working with her. She, she's realized I helped her realize like she's been so outwardly focused on everyone around her mm. and like really frustrating. It's really frustrating when she's met with, um, uh, what is perceived as a lack of compassion. 
Mm. And she can't get it because she's like, I'm always showing up. I'm always giving. Mm. I'm always so kind. I'm always so willing to meet your needs. I'm always so willing to be with you in that conversation of what you need and your difficult emotions and really be there for you and caretake. This is her her conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I get this. And there's a part of you that you're not giving that to yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, where can we turn the gaze inward and look deeply because there's a, and she, she just wasn't getting it for a while. And I keep br- like bringing it back to this conversation of like, where is it inwardly? Let's look, you yes. know, and finally in the last, the last session, it, we had a major breakthrough with it and deep tears and just like, grief around oh my gosh and it was a complete realization around how she learned the strategy of being mother because she had to be mother to her mother Mm. and from the parental dynamic of fighting and issues and so she learned that it's not safe for me to feel my feelings i have to caretake and be mother so she adopted the strategy of mothering outwardly to get her needs met and to get her love. And so instead of tending to the well of what comes forward and being with, she decided to overextend. And and then it's like it's not met in a way. It's not fulfilled in a way. And so she's she's relearning to like, oh, my gosh, I have, I'm like overgiving. Mm. And I need to like make major adjustments in how I operate in my in my life and when that difficult stuff comes forward and then that's where i get to get to work and it's mm. like here's the tools mm. Here's, mm. This, these are the tools here's what you do when that stuff comes forward you don't just go check out by 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 making some food for somebody and giving it to them you actually go tend to your own emotional needs you know so totally there's an agreement as well you know that's made unconsciously from the the overgiver you know of I'm going to abandon myself in all these ways that you should obviously notice. Cause I mean, I'm abandoned. Look at how much attention I'm giving you. And this is so unconscious, but yeah. that's the, the agreement is like, I'm going to abandon myself and you better abandon yourself. And if you don't abandon yourself, I'm going to be angry at you. I'm going to resent yes. you because it's not fair that I'm the one that needs, you know, that it, the only one that's abandoning in this you know, connection, whatever type of relationship it is, whether it's romantic or not. And the thing also about that overgiving role, you know, that caretaking role, it always attracts somebody who is underfunctioning. Yes. That needs a parent to take care of the things that they just don't want to, are not ready, aren't willing, haven't learned, you know. And so, and that is, you know, that is codependence. That is, I mean, both people are self-abandoning in a very deep way. And then of course there's a range here, but ultimately, you know, the, the solution starts with making the decision to put ourselves first. And this is really hard for people that want to overgive because it's like, well, I don't want to be selfish, you know? And like the worst thing that an overgiver wants to be identified as is selfish, but it's like, you've got like, we, you know, people have got to embrace, um, that, that, you know, sort of selfishness. And what happens, you know, when we start over here, in a role that does not work for us, whether it's codependency, overgiving, whatever the case may be, 
And we decide, okay, I'm going to put myself first here. Now I'm going to be in a healthy, loving relationship with myself. I'm going to give to myself first and not abandon. What happens is that we tend to kind of overcorrect. And then we may be, you know, a little bit selfish or very, very selfish sometimes. And that's okay. That's part of the process of course correcting. We're not going to get it perfectly. And so I think, the, you know, a really important thing when we're making the decision to get out of a unhealthy um, pattern, an unhealthy role in any relationship is to accept, to give ourselves grace in that course correction and to know we're going to swing a little bit too far over here. And then we're going to get back maybe just a little here. And we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to do this until we, we find our way and all of it is okay. And we can love ourselves and have compassion for ourselves through all of that growing process, because that is exactly what it takes to grow and to, you know, to evolve into a completely different healthy role that is not the one that we were trained into as children. You know, and unfortunately, I mean, it is what it is, but women are, are just tend to be trained into that overgiving role for a variety of reasons, you know, so I think that we all women, all women, almost everywhere in the world um, have some work to do around um, healing that overgiver. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love, there, there's a couple things. I'm going to go back just a slight bit, but one of the things that I really love about this conversation is that there, there's practical examples, right? If you want to know if you're overgiving or if you're self-abandoning, where are you resenting another person? Yep. Yep. It's really good. Totally. <laughs> Look there. Because that's when you know that you are either doing that thing where you're like, oh, if I do this, they'll give me this. And mm-hmm. they might not even know that's the contract that they're signing up for that you haven't told them about. They also might not know that that's what your strategy for love is to get and receive love. Um, let's let's kind of dive a little bit more into. Oh, I'm losing it. Hold on. There, right now we're we're having this conversation about. Um, oh. Okay. Codependency, self-abandonment, you know, um, overgiving. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I it down because I, I should have like taken the notes. Um, it was, it was something around how, so yeah, I wanted to go back to the like resentment being that place of, of overgiving and, and it's a good place of knowing where you're like, how to, to check that place. Mm. Um, but these are all strategies, right? They're all strategies to get needs met. Yep. So, oh, oh, I remember. Thank you. <laughs> the difference between being selfish and self-honoring. The difference between being selfish and self-honoring. Ooh, so that's a good one. We're like, oh, I'm so afraid of being selfish. Mm-hmm. Well, there are people in the world could, that could literally solve like in their brains and with their pocketbooks, solve homelessness and hunger. They could literally solve probably cancer and other really dramatic and and harmful illnesses. And because they don't see purpose in it, how it's sustainable, they choose not to. I think that is a selfish move. Like if it becomes, if it comes at the expense 
of others. I think that could be pretty selfish. Now, if the if I'm like, oh, I can't give money right now to people on the street because I don't have it myself because I can't care for this being or my family, that's a self-honoring choice, right? There's a difference between selfishness and self-honoring. There's a there's a difference between um, self-centeredness and the and the place of being sort of just giving to the point or serving from the authentic place. And that's what I'd love to launch into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So self-centeredness, uh, selfishness, um, toxic selfishness feels like I care about my needs. I care about my thoughts, my feelings, what I want, what I desire and when, and I don't really think about anybody else's needs ever. They are responsible for themselves and, you know, every, each to, to each their own kind of thing, you know, and there's no effort in showing up for others. There's no effort in being interested in others and um, being generous and giving and uplifting others. It doesn't have to be with money. It could be with money, not money. doesn't matter. But, ener- you know, it's really about the energy. Um, so then there's, you know, the selfishness that say a, a person who's an overgiver can identify. And that is like, I'm actually focusing on myself. I'm taking time to explore who am I? What do I need? What do I want? What's important to me? What do I value most? What do I require to be uh, you know, a fulfilled person in all the areas of my life? You know, how do I require to be treated? What do I require of myself in terms of how I take care of myself mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, you know, in the different contexts of my relationships? What do I require, you know, in my mission and my work, you know, in my career? And it's really getting clear about those things and then um, making consistent decisions to respect and honor and uphold those things that we have identified are important to us. And that is extraordinary self-respect. And that is exactly what a lot of, you know, people in giving um, call selfishness because it requires a whole lot of focus, loving focus, attention, and curiosity into oneself in order to get those answers. You know, and from that place, then, you know, when we're taking care of ourselves, when we're respecting what matters to us and and making, you know, the effort to invest in those decisions, whether they're difficult, whether we have to learn new skills, you know, be outside of our comfort zone in service to honoring what matters to us, then, you know, we we are generating, um, you know, extra energy, extra love. And then we are so feeling so connected and so fulfilled because of the way that we're taking care of ourselves that then we want to, you know, give to others from that overflow by, you know, giving, giving guidance, uh, encouraging other people, acknowledging other people, celebrating other people, you know, asking elevated questions to people that we love and care about um, so that they, you know, to, to help them identify, you know, some of the same things that we've identified for ourselves, you know, being a source of support. How can I love and be there for yourself? And so that, that really comes from a sense of love. But when we're asking, how can I, what can I do for you? How can I be there for you? How can I love you? From a place of depletion, that's self-abandonment. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So true. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, I, I was just going to say, you know, it, it it's an adjustment from a lot of times there's a judgment on oneself afraid of being selfish. And then that can create the sense of overgiving or self-abandonment because mm-hmm. they're being judged as selfish, but also, um, or they're judging themselves or they feel they've judged themselves harshly. And um, what I was going to say is when you make self-honoring choices, you know, and that that's, goes along with what you were saying about the values, when you lean into making self-honoring choices, you then, it, it opens this like the field of possibility and loving, but your self-honoring choice will always be honoring of others as well, because it's, that's, that's really the honoring the soul. And, and when you honor the soul, you're honoring God, you're honoring all parts of life. And so there's alignment that comes from that choice. Mm. I love that as within, so without, if we're not honoring ourselves because we're so busy trying to help somebody else, then we're going to have an idea, a lot of ideas about, you know, the self-honoring choices that that person should be making to honor what we need and what we're trying to get from them, (laughs) you know, and then that turns into manipulation and control. It's very sneaky. Um, But yeah, as within, you know, without. And so if we're honoring ourselves, we're going to want other people to honor themselves, even if it means we don't get what we want from them at a particular moment. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well said. And this is why I teach self-sourcing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because it's so, it's incredibly important. I don't, so here's the thing is like, I do not believe, like this is not a belief that I, I hold, that we can do it all ourselves. That is not something I believe. We can't meet all of our needs. We can't, but it's, it's a great place to self-source first so that I'm not depleted, but I can come to someone, you know, I can teach my clients so that they can come to their people and be like, Hey, I did all of these things to self-source my needs for connection, safety, and love. I feel so much more grounded and I still want depth and safety and connection with you. Is there any way that we can collaborate Mm -hmm. and co-create reality together? And Oftentimes they're wildly surprised that it actually works. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because people want, people want to know that they're not like the, the pressure of being someone's everything that you're, you're my, my house, my home, my, my safety, my security, my like, it's like, Oh, I mean, there's some people who have capacity to do that and stay with their own being. And a lot of us don't have that capacity. So we're taught to burn out, you know, like I I see a lot of my friends burning out because they're like in high, you know, tech jobs or maybe they're entrepreneurs and they just don't have enough support. And it's like, oh, is this where you're self-honoring? Is this where you're being with yourself when you're pushing too hard? And then you have to take like months off. I'm speaking for myself here. (laughs) I was like, oh, I should probably rest. You know, it's like, that's a self-honoring choice to, to rest, to learn to rest, not to burn out or to, to, to die, you know, like, to, uh, yeah. um, or to be forced by your body to do the thing, to rest. So it, it's these places where we, we get to learn. And again, this is a practice y'all. We get to learn to self-source our needs to really not abandon ourselves in the core of our wants, needs, and values, and to show up with our friends 
from the full place or our loved ones or our family as much as we can, right? It's a practice. You're going to keep coming back to it. Don't worry. We've been running this show for three years and there's a zillion tools to help you come back to this practice mm. of love. Um, I'm curious if there was anything else that you wanted to teach real quick. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I want to dive a deeper into that one, two, three um, self, you know, emotional self-regulation exercise. Oh. And um, and you can just leave the screen with the three of us so I can I can see you. Awesome. Yay. Um, so yes, when an uncomfortable emotion is coming up, you do not need to know what the emotion is. Oftentimes people tell me, well, I need to know what I'm actually feeling before I can actually be there for myself. And it's like, no, that's the mind speaking. You don't need to know the name of the emotion. You could have a three different emotions and not know why on earth you're feeling them. You don't have to know why, what triggered them. You don't have to know anything about anything about what you're feeling and why. The most important thing is that you're feeling something uncomfortable, something painful, something difficult, and you immediately want to put your hand where you feel it. Number two, you want to take a breath in or a breath of love into what you're feeling. Number three is you say to that part of you, I'm right here with you. And you take another breath and you just be with that part of you without trying to fix, without trying to resolve, without even trying to understand. And if you're watching now and you're doing that with me now, let's go deeper. So as you are being with a part of yourself, with it could be an emotion um, that you've been feeling that's been a theme for you in your life. It could be an emotion that you've just had recently, some, something, somebody triggered you for whatever reason. And so as you keep breathing into this part of you, just notice what it feels like to just lovingly be with this part of you. And I want you to imagine this, the part of you that's having this uncomfortable emotion, I want you to imagine it as a little child version of you. You don't even have to know the age. You don't have to try to figure that out. If it comes to you, fantastic. But essentially, you want to see this part of you as a hurt little version of you, child little version of you. And you want to imagine that you as the adult are becoming the loving parent to this part of you by simply loving and being there for this part of you. You know, oftentimes when we're hurting, we don't really need a solution in that moment. We don't need somebody to analyze our problems. We don't need to get to the bottom of things. We just need to be held. We need to be able to feel what we're feeling. We need to be able to cry even sometimes. We need to be held and just know that even though we don't have the answers, we don't have the solutions, it's going to be okay. We are going to be okay. And that's the message that I want you to give to this part of you right now is this sense of like, I, I see you. And, and, and as you're watching, you know, I want you to say to this part of you, I see you as you're holding it with your hand. I feel you and I'm right here with you and we're going to get through this together. And then you keep breathing in silence to this part of you. And essentially what you're doing is you're offering a space of love and safety for this part of you that's going through something difficult to be held in, to be held by you with no mind, no judgment, no criticism, none of that. 
you know, because we don't need to be fixed. We just need to be loved when we're hurting. And so now I want to invite you to, to, to hear out, to just be in silence and see if there's anything that this part of you that you're connecting to right now, if there's anything that this part of you wants to say to you, see if there's anything that this part of you wants you to know about how it feels or what it needs. And you just listen and you may get something or not. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to get an answer from this part of you. Just listen to the silence of your own breath. As you're with this part of you, holding it as if it was the little child version of you and just listening to the silence within until it says something. And it could say something in the form of a picture uh, a movie in your head, a feeling, an inner knowing. And so I'm just going to give you a few moments right now of silence to just really listen. And if that's come into your mind, it's okay. You just keep listening to the silence of your own breathing to give this part of you space to speak to you. Imagining that you're snuggling this part of you right now. Breathing love in. Or just breathing in to this part of you. could be something, an answer as simple as I'm, I'm feeling X, Y, Z, or thank you for being with me. And whatever this part of you answers, just say, thank you for sharing. I'm right here. And then feel that, that bond happening with this part of you and just notice how the emotion has lessened on its own without you trying to force yourself to feel any different without trying to run away or analyze yourself. The emotion dissipates on its own simply by your loving presence and acknowledging to that part of you that's having that emotion. I'm right here. I see you. I feel you. And oftentimes, that's all we really need. And so as you begin to open your eyes, just stay connected with this part of you. Now, this is, this is a very powerful practice, and it's just the beginning. What I do with my clients is I have them have, you know, as long sometimes as a, as a an hour long dialogue with parts of themselves that they've been abandoning unconsciously. We know we don't, we never do this intentionally. We self-abandon because we just don't know any better, you know? And so um, you can have a full on hour long dialogue to get to the bottom of 
the the source of this disconnect to um, understand, you know, where this began, to create a, a, a plan that you that you um, you create together with this part of you to work together to build to heal your relationship with yourself and to to build a new relationship that works for you and for this part of you, so that this part of you can feel heard so that this part of you can feel really seen and cared for by you. And so that's the practice of self-love that really is much richer um, that you can either do on your own if you if you feel like you're skilled enough or you can work with a coach who can walk you through these elevated healing conversations with yourself so that you can make things right with different parts of you that you got disconnected from at some point. And, you know, it's, it's like a self-reconciliation process of self-love. So I leave you with that. And again, it's put your hand where you feel it. Number two, take a breath of love in. And number three, saying to that part, I'm right here. And staying with that part for a few moments before, you know, running off into something else. Okay. So I want you to do that. I want you to, to, to make a commitment to yourself that you're going to practice this for the rest of the month, just to see what it's like just to see what it's like to show up for yourself and be present for yourself in this consistent way. And you can always go back to the old way if you don't like it, but I promise you're going to love it. Thank you for your love and your presence and the wellspring of love you bring to the show today. It's so rich and deep and I'm so thankful for the skills and the tools and just your presence. Like you, you're a game changer in people's lives. And I'm mm. so grateful for, for the medicine you bring. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Work. And, and where to find you. Uh, yes. Yeah. So my website is lovecoachforwomen.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at lovecoachforwomen. I post a lot of great stuff on there to teach women, help women how to get deeply connected to themselves, how to be the love that they seek in uh, with a man. Right. Because we've got to, you know, we've got to be what we seek first. Otherwise, we, you know, we get into um, neediness and, you know, caretaking and self-abandoning and, you know, settling for less and that all type, you know, all of those kinds of things. And so I'm really a stand for women honoring and loving themselves to the degree that they wish to be loved and honored and celebrated by a man. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So excited for the women you work with. It's really fantastic. Mm, it's really fun work. Really fun <laughs> and rich and life-changing and just makes everything better in life to love yourself more and more and more all the time. It's true. Mm-hmm. So true. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the show today. What a rich experience you've brought into our world and given us very valuable tools. Thank you. You're so welcome. Such a pleasure mm-hmm. to be here. Thank you so much for the beautiful invitation to have this elevated conversation with you, ladies. Mm-hmm. I'm so and, glad and- to meet you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> about how- <laughs> I 
just wanted to let, give a shout out for those that are curious and want to know. I'm I'm hosting a four day free Sovereign Queen activation on August 15th through the 18th. And you know, if you're a woman that has experienced really unbalanced situation in your relationships or marriages where you felt like you're overgiving and there's resentment or um, it's just a longstanding pattern and you just don't know how to, you've seen it in other relationships since now it's in the relationship you're in now. Um, if you're a single woman and you've struggled with relationships period, because there's so much trauma and patterning, you know, it, it really serves women in investigating deeply in what these things are and how to really create a major shift and complete big material that's really in the way of you having the relationship you're asking for. And you don't have to end your relationship to do that. You can transform it. And in fact, even create a role reversal in your marriage or relationship if that's what you want. Because the thing is, is the love is there, the foundation is there, but the patterns are surfacing for you. And so if you're ready to take a deeper dive and learn more about this and really experience yourself as sovereign queen, so you can embody that energy and have that energy present in, in your relationship, your love life, that's most important. So um, I invite you, the link will be in the chat. It's for the for those listening, it's um, https dot double dot slash slash tinyurl.com forward slash queen activation. And so I'll say it again. So it's, um, you know, tinyurl.com forward slash queen activation. And it's on August 15th through the 18th. And we would love, love, love for you to join us. What are the times that you're at 4 p.m.? Wonderful. PST time zone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And I'm going to give away prizes every day. If you participate in the challenge all the days, then you're going to get a grand. There's a huge grand prize at the end. So I'm going to surprise. It's a surprise, but um, it's worth participating. You're going to get so many golden, golden mm-hmm. nuggets of goodness and mm-hmm. there's prizes daily. So mm-hmm. why not? It's mm-hmm. all sweet. Yeah. And I just want to say too, that I, I've, I've received your extraordinary, exquisite USM love support, Dawn. Um, and you are so powerful, so right on point. And so I know that anybody that works with you is really going to have a really important and meaningful life change. So if you feel drawn to Dawn and going to this activation or working with Dawn, definitely do it. Have a consultation with her. She's a very powerful woman. Oh, thank you so much. I can say the same about you and Trish. Like we all are. (laughs) Three powerful ladies in the house. (laughs) Yes, all doing the work. So if our work speaks to you, please reach out to Mm -hmm. us because, you know, I can share the same testament for you, Gemini. Your work has enriched my life immensely. I mean, we've been friends 20 years plus and I, I honestly, you've changed my life hands down just through your awareness and your gentleness and your pro, your coaching approach. And I mean, you've helped me blossom in my own business and coaching and, mm-hmm. you know, inspired me immensely. So I know that you do the same for others because it's, it's, you've impacted my life personally that way. 
So thank you. Beautiful. And I look forward to getting to know more of the, the power and the gifts that you have, Trish, with your sex coaching. Oh my God. Trish, Trish is epic. <laughs> awesome. I, bet. I can, I can test, testify for Trish. Trish has really been a game changer in my oh. life too. She's oh. She's got such radical, deep listening skills, and she's very, very attuned to really helping you with a gentle approach to unearth what's underneath. So she's very skilled at that. And um, thank you, Trish, for for just being in my life. And I love you so much. And I'm just so lucky. These ladies yeah. are amazing. <laughs> Sisterhood. You know, that's the, the cool thing about having a bunch of coach friends or, or therapist friends is that... Mm-hmm get not only their work but they it's it's changed my understanding of friendship friends are people mm. who really call you in to your work and mm-hmm. out when it's necessary and and take a stand for what you say you want and and to help you see your blind spots and and to have fun with but <laughs> totally <laughs> I'm already here so i yeah, you have you have also been very impactful for me. And that's the cool thing about having individual styles, individual learnings, individual like places where we've gathered information from. It might be the same tools, but it's packaged in a different way. And I primarily work with men, actually. Ah. Um, I have a program called The Man of Dignity where I walk men through deepening their empathy deepening their connection to their body, their feelings, their really connection to their life and to cultivate a legacy of love in the world rather than whatever else they're doing. And it's been really profound to, to walk with some really powerful men as they transform their lives and the lives of people around them. And beautiful. Sometimes it's sex coaching and sometimes it's just coaching. Uh, I would love to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors and people who are running us out. So KPFZ for running us out on 88.1, Love Coach Academy, Global Peace Tribe, Scott Katamas, our amazing team, Russell and Roy for just, I don't know, making all of this happen. All of the graphics, all of the everything. So grateful. Like just being the big supporters and it's so nice to support their lives too. If you ever want to listen in, our calls are mostly like, how's the kids and how's the relationships? It's so good. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) for all of that. And Gemini, thank you so much for your time. And such a pleasure. Thank you. Wild effort in the world to get to the place you are here now and to be a stand for love in the world. Mm. Yes. Mm. Love to you, Don. Mm. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, all the viewers. Have an amazing week.